0: Welcome to Conversations With. My name is Shaylee Hugendorn and I live with Bipolar two Disorder. Sharing with others is healing both individually and collectively. Sharing our stories will educate others, bring more understanding, shed more light and smash more stigma. Our voices need to be heard. Our stories aren't over yet. This is Bipolar. Hi everyone, welcome back to This is Bipolar. I am pretty pumped because I have Jazz from at the underscore bipolar underscore badass. So before I even get started, just go and follow her because she is doing beautiful things. And I'm really, really excited to talk to her today, because we've kind of like, you know, liked each other's stuff, but we've never had uh, a real big conversation. So I'm really excited about that. I also have other good, exciting news for those of you that show up every podcast, you know, I've been talking about Patreon, and I've been talking about how I want to do uh, more things and different things and just go deeper um, in our community conversations. So Instagram has given me the opportunity to do subscriptions. So all those goodies that I've been telling you about, um, like behind the scenes and going deeper extra uh, footage from every podcast that I do. Um, you are going to want to subscribe, so it's somewhere near the handle. And if you subscribe, it's like $6.99 US a month. And yeah, I've got some exciting things planned. So if you, if this podcast means something to you, or if you follow along in the Instagram, I would be forever grateful for your support. And of course, I already jumped in. But if this is your first time, my name is Shaylee Huganor. I live with bipolar two disorder. My pronouns are she, her, and I live in Vancouver, BC, which is on the unceded territory of the Coquitlam and C First Nations. And so I'm gonna let Jazz introduce and tell a little bit about herself. This is
1: Jazz. Hello, I am Jazz. Like she said, I am the bipolar badass. Um, I am currently living in California and I'm from Indiana. Uh, so that is really fun. I actually moved across the United States uh two years ago. So or a year and a half ago. So uh that was wild. We can get into that when we talk about some like episode stuff because that was <laughs> yes, <you> interesting. <laughs> um and uh yeah, I'm an engineer. I actually work in automotive engineering. I absolutely love what I do. And I am working on kind of becoming a career goal guide for women with bipolar disorder. So um those are kind of my projects at the moment and what I what I'm doing but I absolutely like I said I love being an engineer and I love just talking about bipolar disorder and how to be you with bipolar disorder because sometimes it can get confusing
0: it can get so confusing yeah I love that wow I just learned a whole bunch of new things about you. That's amazing. I just want to thank you for coming on. I was just telling Jazz that I literally asked her like two days ago, like, hey, what you doing Tuesday? Uh, and she said, yes, I'll come on. So thank you for doing that. Um, it means it means a lot to me because sometimes um, scheduling is sometimes hard when you have a wildlife and you have bipolar disorder. So I really, really appreciate that.
1: Absolutely, uh, no problem.
0: I would love to just dive right in, Jazz. I would love to hear about um, maybe when you noticed something was going on or something was different or the time um, leading up to your diagnosis. I would just love to hear about what was going on in your life or the symptoms you were having. Um,
1: I'm so curious about that. So I started like you can always look back and like be like that was a that was an episode uh but i started really noticing that i was having having some problems in college um i was having anxiety attacks when i went to go do speeches and i love speaking so i would go and stand in front of the room get ready to do this uh talk that i'd prepared for like actually done a lot of work to prepare for and start crying because I was in front of people. I don't know. I can't even identify still what was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was the first thing that really clued me in that there's really something wrong here. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing that clued me in is just the heavy depressive episodes. Like I was going through times where I was so depressed I could get out of bed or struggled to get out of bed. And that just wasn't like so to have that was really strange and new And I didn't know how to talk about it to a doctor,
0: to Mm. anybody.
1: So I just struggled with it, tried to figure it out myself, and kind of figured out I had bipolar disorder in college, but never actually asked anybody for help with it. Um, I don't know what the disconnect was, but I never did. Mm. Um, So I went through in my adult life, and uh, my first – uh, big manic episode in adult life I started dating somebody at the same time and I thought I was so in love with them because mm-hmm. they made me have all this energy yeah. I was so much more vibrant with them the world was so beautiful so um then they broke up with me uh mm-hmm. within like a month so oh. it was the end of that manic episode and uh into my therapist's office for the first time I got a therapist um in my adult life, i had had one in college, but was never really serious about going to therapy. Yeah. Um, but this, like, I got serious about going because I was getting suicidal to the point where I was sitting in my car. And I don't know how graphic you get on your podcast, but I was sitting in the car with the engine on and my, the, the garage door closed. Oh, and man. I was not in a pl- i I never, I got out of the car. I'm so proud of myself for getting out of that car. Yes. But it was a scary place to be in. So I was talking to my therapist when I told her I was doing that probably once a week, getting home from work. She was like, you need to go to the hospital, hon. So that is the first time I was hospitalized for, it was for depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I did not really question anything, but I got um, a mood stabilizer. Okay. and that made me even think more i was like huh they gave me a mood stabilizer i think i have bipolar disorder and they just aren't telling me <laughs> mm. um so uh i i went a couple more years i think even uh without oh. getting a diagnosis and i was on i was on the right medicine, medicine there then to some mm-hmm. extent at least um i was on a mood stabilizer and an antidepressant so that it was at least somewhat regulating my bipolar disorder um but it was still not doing everything and I went off medication for um, probably a month and I was yeah. on Effexor. And when you go off oh. Effexor it oh. gives you severe, severe suicidal thoughts sometimes. Oh. And I'm one of those people. So I talked to my doctor for the first time having these severe suicidal thoughts and I was like I think I have bipolar disorder. And she was like why do you think that? And I said because i have these like severe lows mm-hmm. and then it can be the next day and i'll feel great yeah and she was like i think we need to talk to somebody who knows what they're doing with psychology because i think you're right um so she sent me to a psychiatrist and we uh got or i always forget which one diagnoses i yeah. I think this, uh, I don't know if it's the same in the States, but
0: I had to get diagnosed by a psychiatrist. Yeah. It's a psychiatrist could, could because that's, medicine.
1: that's I, cause like they're psychologists and I'm like, I that's not the same thing. That's I know.
0: I but... think that's like for children. That's what I think. Cause Mike, when I took one of my kids, they were called a psychologist, but then when I went to an adult, it was a psychiatrist. So I don't know if it's a specialty, but y'all correct us if we're wrong. We're just guessing here.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so, uh, I forget where I was at completely. You were talking about
0: how you went to a psychiatrist because, but actually, can I back up first? Cause I had like three big questions when you were talking. Yes. So I had, So question number one, could you, right now we're recording in, but it's probably going to come out in October, but right now is um, Suicide Awareness Month. And so I'd like to dive a little bit more into there because um, I think that there's this whole range that I've just learned probably over the past five years of suicidality. And like, I would have told you a million times like, oh no, 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 never was, never was. But I didn't really understand like, passive suicidality and also like having um you know thoughts are different than plans that are different than actions and i'm wondering because i've heard all um you know along the spectrum some people just like in the moment they thought of it or some people had you know had a build up and um and maybe had an attempt but i'm curious about if someone's listening right now what did that feel like or look like for you
1: um Early on, uh, when I was in my early adult life, it was more plans. It was more, I was I was having such long-term depressions yeah. that I was making plans for how I was going to do it, when I was going to do it, um, how I was going to make sure it was successful, which is really scary. Mm. Um, so uh, then it was planning. Uh, now I will say my suicidal thoughts are more um, like random. It's like they're attacking me almost.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, like intrusive thoughts kind yeah,
1: of. Yeah, more intrusive thoughts um, yeah. than anything. And it's I think it's something because I've worked on not getting in that headspace. Yeah. They still come because of the bipolar, but I don't yeah. get in the headspace where I'm going to plan about them when they start coming so they just like pop up with these random
0: yeah and do they happen mostly in depressive episodes all in depressive episodes or have or is it still kind of in the back of your head during a manic episode
1: um they mostly happen in depressive episodes for me but uh I will say I have a lot of mixed episodes okay so um yeah yeah so you go
0: in and out And um, yeah, yeah, it'll be
1: like I have all the energy to make the plans, which is the scary time to be uh, suicidal. So, right,
0: right, wow, yeah. And my other question is, and you, I don't know if you have the answer, but I found that so curious that they would give you a mood stabilizer in the hospital, but not give you a diagnosis. I didn't go to the hospital, but I went to like this um, by choice outpatient, um, uh, program, or maybe it wasn't out because I spent the night for a week, but anyways, I could come and go if I wanted or whatever, but I wanted to go there because I went on a really big high on an antidepressant and then they had to wean me off and put me on. And they like slowly introduced it and, but didn't say bipolar disorder, but said mood disorder, but I'm surprised they would like release you and not like give you a diagnosis. That's strange. What did they say when you left? They're just like, good luck.
1: They, they left my diagnosis as depression and general anxiety. Okay. Okay.
0: Hmm. That's really, really interesting to me. What was your experience like? Cause I have heard like, first of all, there's no shame. In going to the hospital, if someone's listening and you're thinking, if you are having these thoughts, it's where you have to go. You have to go to emergency. We need you in this world. And second of all, people have had different experiences. I've heard from people that have had amazing experiences and that it went, you know, as well as it could be for that type of situation. And then people that have had not so great experiences. And I'm curious about about yours.
1: So. My experience when I went the very first time mm. was pretty good, um, except for the emergency room experience, mm. um, just because of the sheer amount of people in the emergency room and the way that they handled the mental, he- the, the, the people in there for their mental health, because mm. um, we were all put in one room despite what was going on in our lives. So there was one child who was manic and he was having a manic episode. I felt so, so, so sorry for this young man. Mm -hmm. Um, and his parents were trying to keep him calm, but they were not being successful because he was deep in a manic episode. He was, I think he was probably having some schizophrenic, uh, or some psychosis, um, really struggling. So, and I was in there having an anxiety attack because I was having such severe depression. And they stripped everything away from me. I couldn't con- contact anyone. Yeah. So it was a very hard experience. But then I got to the facility I was going to be at. And it was the best experience you could have asked for, for being in a hospital. Um, I I was in group therapy pretty much mm-hmm. constantly, which was very good for me. Um, I had the option of not doing that group therapy if it wasn't for me. So right. um. I think that's one thing that uh, I've learned now that I've gone to the hospital a couple of times, I will not yeah. go back to an emergency room. If you need to go to an emergency room, yeah. for sure, for sure, for sure. But now that I have plans in place, I I try to plan which, uh, I haven't got one in California yet, so I need to do that. But mm-hmm. I try to plan like what facility I will go to specifically, because most facilities you can check yourself into here.
0: Oh, so okay. you don't
1: have to go to the hospital directly.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, it's not like that in Canada. And it's, uh, we, it seems really cool that we have free healthcare and there's amazing parts of it, but also it's a year and a half waiting list to get a psychiatrist. So you don't have a choice. If you're not doing well, that, you know, that, that high in a manic episode or that depressed, you have to go to the hospital. Like you have to go through. Emergency. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I wanted to keep going on your journey. You were talking about how, um, like how you actually got the bipolar diagnosis. So you went to your general practitioner, like your regular doctor, and they said, we need someone that's more experienced with mental health. And then, and then you went there. Was that
1: a, a psychiatrist yeah.
0: you went to? Yeah. Yeah. It was a
1: psychiatrist. Um, it, it went, well, because I got the diagnosis, diagnoses I needed. I was also getting a diagnosis for ADHD at the same time because I was struggling so much at work. Yeah. Um, and I, it was so frustrating because you have to sit still for that long, Mm -hmm. uh, to get diagnosed with ADHD or bipolar disorder. You have to go through these huge assessments. Um, and it was a lot. Uh, yeah. And it was also a lot talking about these things that I had not really talked about before, like family type stuff,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, my suicidal thoughts. Uh, mm-hmm. And I I looked back, I couldn't even say suicidal thoughts when she was diagnosing me. I said bad thoughts. I said, yeah. I have a lot of bad thoughts.
0: Yeah.
1: Because I wasn't ready to even admit myself what was going on, even mm-hmm. though I'd been to the hospital for it. You know yeah. what I mean? So. Yeah. I
0: feel like our brains can convince ourselves that things aren't real. Right? Yeah. Like probably once every three years, I'm like, do I really have bipolar disorder? And so I've written like notes to myself, PS, when you don't think you have bipolar disorder, you still have bipolar disorder, right? So yeah. it feels like they trick us a little bit, right? Yeah. Especially, do you find this, like I find if I'm, so I get hypomanic. So do you have bipolar one or bipolar two?
1: I I'm diagnosed with bipolar two. I have been told I have like a mixed type or bipolar. Okay. I don't. Yeah. It's a spectrum,
0: right? Like that's, yeah. I, I feel like it's a spectrum. So I was curious. Um, But I feel like when I'm hypomanic, it's like, I can't even imagine or remember what it was like to be depressed. Like yeah. I can't even. Right. So I never, so then if I get depressed, then I'm shocked. Right. Even though it happened uh, pre-diagnosis every single winter, I'm just like, like, it just, it's shocking to me. And then when I'm depressed, I cannot remember what it feels like to feel good again. Right. Or, um, you know, uh, uh, euthymic or so symptom-free. And then I definitely, um, you know, crave. And I never do anything about it. I never stop my meds, but I definitely think my brain tells me, oh, it would be so much better because I forget all the hard things and terrible things about hypomania. Does that happen to you?
1: Yeah, I especially forgetting the hard things about hypomania or the fact that you crash afterwards because you start feeling those like little twinges of hypomanic symptoms and you're like, ooh, I could stay up a little later and work on this.
0: Just a little. Just a little. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah so.
0: Stealing the night. It's like this weird feeling to me. It's like, I'm stealing, cause I, I have children, they're teenagers now, but when they were little it was like the only time like someone didn't need me or do you know what I mean? And so it would yeah. like steal the night and then I always paid for it. Always, always paid for it. Um, wow, that's so interesting. What are, uh, I'm curious about, um, what were your reactions to finally finding out like someone saying you have bipolar disorder?
1: I was actually really excited to finally have a diagnosis, finally have some answers, finally have like something to fall back on and be like, this is what's going on with me. Yeah. And something to explain it to myself so that I wasn't so confused yeah Uh, by what I was feeling so I think because it took me so long to even like I said I knew I had bipolar disorder in college I had read several articles about because I I was having all these feelings and I I was like there's something going on so I was looking things up I'm I'm like I said I'm an engineer I'm a scientist I Mm. delve into things yeah so um I was looking things up and I knew I had it. I just didn't know how to get a diagnosis. So right. it was like it was so helpful to finally have that diagnosis and confirmation. So I really embraced it. At the time I was doing uh coaching for Bod Eye or Beach Body. Okay. And I like made a post. I, I have bipolar disorder. I'm on these medications. I love that I can or I don't love. I I think I said I am going to be honest about how I'm feeling now or something like that.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. I think I'm so curious if I look back, cause I'm just, just a touch older than you. And uh, so basically like the internet started when I was in grade 12. So there wasn't like, I couldn't look up. Like I didn't, I had no clue uh, of things. I always knew there was something wrong, but I can really relate to you because as scared as I felt, it was like an explanation. And not just like, I have this personality flaw or like, I I could, I could separate it from who I am. Do you know what I mean? Even though I I can't, fully, it's fully intertwined, but I could also, like you said, it explained something. Right. And it, it felt like, it felt like relief to me until I thought about telling other people, then it didn't feel like such a, such a relief before I ask you how it felt to tell other people. Um, I'm curious about the, did they explain to you about like, how do you tell If you have bipolar and ADHD, because when I'm hypomanic, like a lot of the stuff overlaps and one of my children has ADHD and I see a lot of that, but then I don't know, like I wouldn't know how they would tell the difference.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I have wondered if I truly have ADHD. I needed that diagnosis at that time. Yeah. I needed the medication for it. I needed something to help me survive at work. Yeah. Um, but now that I look back on it, I'm like, is that the correct diagnosis? It right. might not be. Right. Um, because when I'm stable, I don't know that I have those, uh, not concentration, not able yeah. to concentrate symptoms.
0: Yeah. Um, it was that- interesting. I was talking to, I think it was Haley Rose. I think it was anyways, she was talking about, um, that, They would show up like executive functioning skills, like organizing, you know, sequencing, staying on task, all of those things. She said that for hers, I think it was because it's ever present that that's why I think that's why she said that she could get she had a dual diagnosis. And I think I feel like and I'm not sure, but I feel like I have more crossover with ADHD symptoms when I'm hypomanic than when I'm depressed or or symptom
1: free so maybe maybe that's why I don't know yeah I think it's more um if you if you see them when you're in episodes because I see some symptoms when I'm in depressed episodes and some mm. symptoms when I'm in manic episodes okay um but when I look at it I don't know that I see the symptoms when I'm stable and that's why I'm not sure that I and and that's where uh what uh Haley Rose or whoever you were talking to said yeah. it, it it's what I feel too if if you have ever present symptoms is when it um
0: yeah becomes probably
1: on. a dual diagnosis
0: yeah yeah I forget I think she talked about it she's from mind over mood so if you're listening right now go back and listen to that episode where I interviewed her because I think she talks about it in there but yeah I think I find that so interesting because I'm always like well sh- sh- sh-, like should I go check this out right but um yeah so thank you for sharing that it's it's that's very interesting. So you have your diagnosis. Now you feel some relief, you feel like there may be like plans and things that can help you moving forward. What does that look like in your personal life in terms of and work life in terms of, you know, did you tell people right away? Who did you how did you feel about it? Um, We were just talking about Sharice Jewell and how um, we both adore her. And she was the one that told me that she says, um, did you know I have bipolar disorder? So it gives someone a minute to adjust and give an answer. Um, and I thought that was really, really cool. And it, so I'm curious. Yeah, so that was like a triple question. So I'll repeat it because it was a lot. So um, did you tell people at first? How did you feel about it? And then do you have a specific way that you that you tell someone whether they be in your small
1: circle work etc um so I have not uh I I have not figured out how I like to tell people yet but I do tell people um so uh I when I first got diagnosed I like I said I made a big like like, announcement post which I look back and I feel like is kind of weird but like it felt right at the time so I did it um and uh I felt really good about sharing, to be honest. Um, awesome. I think it was because I had kind of already shared about depression and anxiety in the past before though. Yeah. Um. So I'd kind of gotten over that hump of like sharing about your feelings type of thing. Yeah. And I didn't know how stigmatized bipolar disorder was. Really? Um, yeah. So uh, when I look back at it, I'm like, yeah, bipolar disorder is kind of really stigmatized. People could have like, really judge that yeah but um I yeah and I told my work pretty immediately too because I needed FMLA um because uh oh uh family medical leave um it essentially yeah uh so we uh I talked to my work about it um got the leave that I needed and uh I was very open at work too, because I was having
0: mm-hmm.
1: suicidal thoughts because I had stopped taking my Effexor soon after I, it was actually su- like the overlap. Like I got diagnosed as I was off the Effexor. Okay. So wow. um, I told my boss, I was struggling at work and I had missed two days in a row, kind of just texting in the morning. Like, I'm not going to come in. Yeah. And uh, he was like, you can't do that. And you can't do that if you have bipolar disorder and try to try to make your mental health days planned. Mm. Um, but I needed it at the time and I was taking it, even though Mm. I did not have the FMLA to take it. So Mm. he questioned it and I said, I'm suicidal.
0: Yeah.
1: I just straight up said it.
0: Wow. And
1: it, definitely took him aback and that is not probably the way you talk to your boss but maybe I don't know know. Uh, but it got the point across that he probably should leave me alone about it for a second and I would figure it out when the when the time came and it also got me to get some help because I was like I just told my boss I'm suicidal I should probably go get the help I need for it he might
0: they might ask me what I'm doing about that right or they yeah they might check in that's amazing that you that you yeah that you stuck up for yourself and that you were able to tell them and were you afraid that you might lose your job or the reaction or how did that go
1: I think the main thing I think I was not able to be afraid because I was so in my feelings with depression Gotcha. So, um, looking back, I, I could have, or I don't think I could have, I couldn't have lost my job for it. I'm, I'm not the type of person that fears that I'm going to lose my job for it because of the type of companies I work for. Okay. Because I could sue. Okay. That's my opinion on it because I do have bipolar disorder. I am protected.
0: Yeah. And that is, it is, discrimination right
1: yeah and I always check the box protect yourself you have a disability check the box saying that you have a disability when you're applying for a job
0: wow wow that's that's really powerful I actually wrestled with that for a while I think it was like I don't know it's been a couple years but just this idea of I didn't think of it as a disability right I didn't think of it I don't know. I just, I couldn't wrap my head around that. And then I'm like, wait a minute, does it affect all the things? Yes, 100%. And I didn't want to, it's almost like I was stigmatizing another community, right? I was like, oh, I don't know if I fit in that community, or I don't know if I fit in that community. And I'm like, wait a minute, if you don't want to be stigmatized for having bipolar disorder, you got to work that out, right? And I didn't even realize Realize that I had it, but that is really, um, really, really good advice. And I think that we're all, uh, you know, a lot of people are so terrified in their personal life, and especially in their professional life to tell. So I love hearing, a, you know, a story about someone that is advocating for themselves. I wait, I go. will
1: say you don't have to tell your boss, you don't have to tell the people that you immediately work with, you can tell HR, yeah. you can tell the people that need to know, Yes, that's
0: powerful, right? You don't owe everybody your, your, your story. And do you find it? So I, for those of you that we said at the beginning, that um, jazz is a creator and has a podcast as well that you should go listen to. um, We're going to talk more about that in the going deeper segment for the subscribers. But did you do you find it a little bit easier, like to go online? And tell the entire world, then maybe like the person that sits next to you, like a coworker, or, uh, I don't know. For me, it was like my kid's teacher. <laughs> like, I tell yeah. the whole world, but this is kind of hard in person. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, it's so much easier to tell the whole world, and I don't know. I I get why. It's because you're seeing these people every day. Yeah. It's not that the judgments of the world don't matter. The 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 full stigmatization that the world has for mental health yeah affects the way that other people perceive us so that's why we're so nervous about telling other people
0: yeah
1: but at the same time it's like those people actually are in our daily lives if their judgment matters it matters if they yeah. if they have judgments it could be a big deal
0: yeah so yeah.
1: that's why we get so nervous about it i feel like but yeah. i've gotten to the point where i am an uncomfortable share, to be honest. Um, same, same. Um, and not, not in a way that it's like oversharing. I'm not like, I don't tell people, uh, the, the deep, deep shit, but I will tell somebody if I'm suicidal at the moment, I will tell somebody that I'm having an anxiety attack or having dissociation. Yep. Yeah. And I tell people at work about my podcast so they can listen in if they want to.
0: Right. So that's what I always have to decide. I'm like, okay, if I mention that I have a podcast, I have to be ready to tell this person because, like yours, the title, right? Yeah. You can't just say, Oh, I have a podcast and then people say when it's someone that I'm not comfortable with or I don't know I'll I'll start off with it's a mental health podcast where I share stories but inevitably someone's gonna say oh what's it called and then you're like yeah
1: hey right this is yeah
0: oh yeah that's me right yeah I think that that's that's really interesting and I find that in the beginning um Cause it was like 13 years ago and I got diagnosed really late. Like I was like 32, I had two children, like it was wild. And, um, so I felt like, I felt nervous that people were going to think that I wasn't a good mom and all the things, because as we can see on TV shows that are still coming out today, it's always like the absentee mom that paints and runs away. Right. There's, I'm like, I don't paint. (laughs) And I haven't run away. But whenever I see that on TV, I'm like, oh, I just wait for them to be like, they're bipolar. I'm like, come on. Like there are very uh, many of us out there that are, you know, don't aren't the yeah. type. It's so frustrating. But um, I have found that the more I have given people a chance in my real life or or took a chance on telling them, I I'm shocked by some reactions in that they are so beautiful and so accepting. Um, Yeah. How do you find like when you, you know, when you shared, have you had uh, more good reactions than bad? Have you have any memorable ones?
1: Um. So I would say the most surprising one I've had, there was an older gentleman that I work with and his ex-wife has bipolar disorder and he shared a lot of stories about his ex-wife having bipolar disorder yeah and they weren't always the best light of course because sometimes it can it can make you have some issues with relationships if you aren't watching yourself
0: 100 yeah
1: so he was he's telling me these stories and eventually I tell him I have bipolar disorder and I expected him to not be very supportive about it right and not really be very cuz he hasn't ha- he's had some pretty negative experiences with somebody who has that bipolar disorder and i can be understanding of that but he's been so supportive and when i have anxiety attacks at work he's the first one to be like go outside go go do what you need to do i'll take care of things here he he's he has a lot of experience so he can kind of do the management side of things when i'm stepping out for a second wow. so It's just so amazing that he's had that good of like that response, and I've had that much support in my new workplace. Um, it's been amazing. So that's probably the most like surprising reaction I've ever had.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I don't tell a lot of people at work, but it's because of the type of job I have, not because I want to tell them I'm a teacher on call, which is like fancy for substitute. And so I don't like right now, I'm in one school. Most of the time, I mostly work for my friends, because you can request. So, um, you know, but I'm starting to get close to them. So they're, they're finding out. And there was actually even one that I did like a bit of a a leave for them, because their daughter literally was having a, a mental health episode. And so I had never been really open there before, because I meet them like once or twice, I go to your school, I'm not going to be like, Hey, and I'm with the kids alone half the time, right? Yeah. So, um, but recently I've been kind of opening up because they asked me to, like, because we're older, they start with asking me about Facebook. And then I know that, like, because I share my podcast on there and I share things on there. And sometimes by accident, they get all linked. Yeah. By by Instagram. Like, at first I was doing it on purpose. Like it did this personal account, and I thought it was going to the other account. Not that it matters, but I know they're gonna find out. So I I just started talking about it, and I cannot believe one how supportive, but two how many people have come up. I've had like EAs that are in the class helping, you know, a certain child that have been like one actually whispered to me like only my husband knows. I saw your podcast, or or someone that I would have never guessed which is again me just having to undo all that stigma and stereotypes we've been taught that um when she had a hospitalization and an attempt when she was in her teens and so I've forged this like deeper relationships with people that I didn't even I didn't even think or I thought might judge so you you might be surprised right what what people think have I had bad reactions yes I used to go to a uh very old school fundamentalists kind of it was very cool but very um a very i'm trying to be kind uh traditional church and there was um a huge group of folks that were not understanding and even though they were kind-hearted said some said some hurtful things so i don't even know why i'm going off but i get really excited and interested about talking about telling people because I know like out of the amount of messages that I get every day a lot of people have said I haven't told anyone and my heart breaks because to have to already deal with the illness and then hide I just feel I feel so 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 sad about that yeah it's just oh okay I want to hear about your like some of your memorable episodes and I'm feeling like the move across country one that you mentioned before that we need to talk about this so tell me about this I'm assume I'm assuming but tell me if I'm wrong possibly a manic episode
1: yes so (laughs) it started out um I got an email at the end of December for a job that was my dream job Mm. So I, I of course got so excited and immediately went hypomanic, um, because that excitement in me just spurred it up. Um, and, uh, it helped me get the job, um, because I was, uh, able to have the energy to do the work, to research everything I needed to research. And, uh, about, Two weeks before I got the job, I also got a puppy. Oh, um, I okay. was manic, I was yeah. manic at the time, and yep. we bought a really expensive puppy. Um, and then I hear that I got this job that is literally across the country like, literally in California. I just bought a puppy, I have yeah. two dogs already. Oh, wow. Um, and I have a house in Ohio that I am only three years into buying so all of this happens and I'm like I'm going to take this job and I am severely manic not able to plan anything yeah um I'm to the point where I'm actually I will call it a manic episode even though um because I I was so severely unable to have a grip with reality because I thought it was like sane to be doing this like looking back it's like that was a little bit outside of the realm of stability like um thinking you could just up and move that quickly so I ended up moving across the United States with nothing but my CRV and a few buckets of clothes and um not even enough to make it across the United States I called my parents to get gas money to make it to cross the United States the rest of the way and for money to uh pay for my Airbnb once I got here And I was manic. So I didn't tell them when I was at their house Yeah. before I left. I told them afterwards.
0: It's like (laughs) a little part of you knew that maybe uh, sometimes I don't, especially before I was medicated, don't tell everybody all my ideas because I'm just annoyed because I think they're going to talk me out of it and they don't really get it. Like there's this weird thing where it's like, I just feel like uh, I know like a secret or I know. And they yeah. just they just don't get it and they're in the in the way.
1: And that's how I felt. I was like, I know I can do this. Like, Jasmine, you have five hundred dollars in your bank account. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. what happened to the dogs? I need to know. Um, one of them is behind me and the other two are with my ex boyfriend in Ohio. So Okay. Um, so I moved here alone at first. Um yeah. without any of the dogs, without my at the time boyfriend. And was hypomanic alone with no care team. Oh, wow. And I was trying to work on getting a care team. I got a, a, a PCP, a primary care physician, yeah. and uh, talked to them about getting more, but they never felt like never got my paperwork in the right places. I got really pissy with them and cursed them out in Target on the mm-hmm. phone. Mm-hmm. Um because I was still in this manic episode I could not come down because I was not medicated outright. Yeah. Um right. so I finally get to bring my boyfriend and my dogs out here. We're living in hotels at this point. Oh, um wow. and yeah, it did not help the manic episode at all. I continued to be in a manic episode cuz I'm living in hotels. You're you don't have any stability. I'm eating yeah. out every night. Yeah. Um so then uh fast forward to finally getting a house getting yeah. where I'm living now um and uh I forgot about the the loan I got I got a humongous loan because I was living in hotels right so I had to do something to survive while I was living yeah. in hotels so um yeah it it was just a big mess of a lot of things wow. culminating yeah. because This like the start of the excitement, like uh, something good happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's so frustrating. Like this excitement brought on, and like looking back, there's a lot of spots I could have made better decisions if I would have known how to make better decisions while I was manic. Yeah, that's something I'm working on now. But um, I didn't know that yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's easy to look back. And I think someone that doesn't have bipolar and has never experienced hypomania or mania. Or or severe anxiety, yes. Well, like how many years have I been at it? How much do I teach about the mindfulness or the things you know, strategies or whatever? But when you're in it, sometimes they feel impossible. It's kind of like when you're in it and you're depressed, the things that you're supposed to do to try and help, to help yourself not be depressed are the hardest things to do. Well, that's like when you're in a hypomanic episode, it's like, I know I should probably slow down and breathe. I know I probably shouldn't have iced coffee for lunch, but sometimes it just feels
1: like, uh, like, like the hypomania. only option.
0: Yeah. So it's like hypomania. It's not the things that you think aren't just suggestions. They feel like urgent demands, like yeah. this is what I'm doing. Right. So I can, I can completely see why you do this, and I why why this happened, and also uh, people don't understand that it isn't always bad or hard or difficult things. It can be beautiful things. I probably had a one of my highest hypomanic episodes. Looking back, is at my wedding, right? And that's a beautiful thing and a good thing. But the bipolar brain, it's just change, right? Change. Uh, just can can trigger it if we're not super duper careful or if we have no idea right yeah so I think if someone's listening that loves someone with bipolar I try to explain that it isn't um you know often it it, I am trying right often my trying might not look like the trying, because I can't take, you know, meditate for half an hour, I can literally take breaths for two minutes or, or whatever. And so I find that that's one of the biggest things that I want to get out there is how difficult these things that someone that maybe isn't uh, neurodivergent can do easily seems impossible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, so how... Tell me how, so during this time, during your hypomanic episode, were you, were you working at the job? Like you were actually doing the job and dealing with all this. Wow.
1: Yeah. Um, so I was working a new job, um, learning the ropes, uh, introducing myself to new people at work, being severely hypomanic sometimes. Um, and Oh, going to, going to parties at work. Somebody had a going away party and I went to a party at work and, or a work party, not a party at work, a work party. Yeah. And I drank too much because. Yeah. We're good times. Yeah. Yeah. And I am a manager. That's not something that I need to be doing. So it, it's still like looking back, I'm like, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that that early on. Like, yeah made fun of the guys because they were making faces when they were drinking like yeah
0: yeah you're like oh cringy was that me oh that's gonna be yeah. you up at night when you're sad
1: <laughs> yeah but um wow
0: that's so interesting I uh that I think that sometimes like we talked about that it's a spectrum sometimes people and there is no judgment for people that can work can't work all of the things yeah but some I think that some folks just look at bipolar and think of one thing right whereas sometimes you can uh, you know keep it together do the things at work and uh you know be successful in in home life have relationships or whatever but eventually something is going to happen I'd love yeah. to ask you um about irritation and anger. Cause I feel like it's something that I've only opened up with in the past two years, just because one, I used to go to you know, church and you have to be nice and you're a woman. So you got to make people comfortable and nice. And so I didn't really talk about, um, you know, the severe irritability and almost, I, I hate the word, but in my head, and it doesn't mean I took it out on people, but like the intense rage I could can feel like so quickly. Can you relate? Tell me about the things to do with the irritability. I, I would love. To yeah. Hear
1: from you. So the, I have such, I get blackout rages. Wow. And it's so it, it's scary to think I don't remember what I said. Um, I've never had something where I didn't remember what I did and like actually did something to hurt somebody or do something that would have hurt somebody um but but it's scary to think that I don't remember what I said so like I could also not remember what I do right um it's like the thought of it is scary and Mm. um it's ruined some relationships uh, or almost ruined some relationships I had a falling out with my best friend's wife at the time Mm. and it uh me and my best friend are repairing that relationship. We were like childhood best friends, so oh, wow. uh, we're working on repairing that relationship. But it's like we still had all those years where we didn't like each other or were yeah. having feelings against each other. You know what I yeah. mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, like estranged kind of. Yeah, yeah, I know, and it's the hardest part in in relationships because like. I'm like, give me a physical symptom any day, <laughs> even though to all my folks out there that have physical disabilities, I am not downplaying what you um, experience. It's just the thought that goes through my head is that, uh, you know, nobody's gonna give me comfort or feel sorry for that symptom or have empathy or do you know what I mean when they don't yeah. understand? Cause just seem like a big jerk. And it's so frustrating because it's like, it feels like I have this added responsibility to try and take care of, you know, make sure a symptom is really taken care of. Whereas maybe if I was bleeding, I could get a little bit more help, right? And not push the people away that I love. I love the most. I find that. Yeah, I find it very frustrating because there's this fine line where I want people to understand that some of it doesn't feel like it's in my control and yet I have a responsibility to try to manage
1: right do you yeah.
0: find that line is 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 blurry for you
1: it's it's really hard um it I think my most recent example um at the very end of that manic episode um which ended recently um, I broke up with my ex-boyfriend. Um, I made that decision, and the decision was probably the right decision for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. But when I am depressed, I go to this thought that I need him, right? Yeah. And when I am, uh, I forget where I was going with this story. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's okay,
0: we were talking about irritability, and we were talking about. Oh
1: symptoms. yeah. Yeah. Um. So basically, like. Uh, that irritability that came with the hypomania it was making me feel like I couldn't even be touched by him I couldn't even Mm. exist with him yeah and it made it to where I didn't have the communication that we needed to have this breakup make sense to anybody so I just broke up with him out of the blue and imagine how much that hurts to somebody
0: yeah so
1: It's like, I, I look back and I think how better I could have done that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you, you can't control it sometimes. And it's hard, to, it's hard to not, it's hard to take the responsibility that you need to take sometimes.
0: It is, it is. And then I find it really hard, but even though it's when people like that are close to me have every right to call it out. I find it so hard because I beat myself up once I get out of it. Right. I'm just like, why was I so mad about that in the first place? And then I beat myself up. And then if I've also then have to like apologize or um, talk about it with someone, it just uh, makes my inner critic just go wild at me. So it's just like, I always, be like, I want to be able to take constructive criticism, but I'm so sensitive that I've probably berated myself about the thing. So then if someone I love says it, it feels like devastating.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's almost like the only type of criticism I can take is written. Yeah, Because <laughs> <laughs> right? then I can like process it by myself Yeah, for yeah. a second and realize like, oh, they didn't mean it that way, Jasmine. Yeah. Because you give yourself pause, right?
0: Yeah. And it's very hard to, to, you know, my therapist is like, you know breathe for you know six take 60 seconds before you when you're triggered or whatever and then one time like she made me sit and do 60 seconds is like 600 years like it's a very long time
1: especially if you're talking what rage oh my goodness right seconds even taking 10 is like whoa yeah yeah and when you're
0: hypomanic like trying not to talk for 60 seconds like, it's terrible. It feels literally, I joke about it, but it's literally painful. Like, I feel like I'm crawling out of my skin because yeah. the things I have to say, even though I'm interrupting people and uh, all the things, I it, it feels worse in my body if I don't say it, even though I know I'm going to interrupt someone and it probably isn't the best thing to say. It feels worse to have it stuck in my body. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Okay. What are some of your, um, you know, right, I've been talking a lot about our like warning signs, and I've been trying to write those down, down for myself too, a lot to remind myself, the little warning signs beforehand, are you able to recognize those? um, With let's, let's start with getting depressed, like, does it come on for you? Like, bam? Or do you have little warning signs?
1: Um, I'm starting to work on identifying them more, but I definitely do have some, some little warning signs, like with depression, it's like these little breadcrumbs of like tiredness.
0: Mm. So like,
1: I'll be more apt to want to take a nap in the middle of the day, or um, more likely to not want to get up and go do something at work as soon as it's called. Yeah. Um, Things like that.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. It was interesting. I was talking to Julie Fast, um, who's written all the books. And she was saying like, uh, bipolar disorder is a sleep and energy disorder. And I was like, that's, that's the first thing. Like you said, the, how did you say that? I love that. The breadcrumb of t- breadcrumbs of tiredness. Yeah. That's so yeah,
1: little breadcrumbs good. of tiredness.
0: Write that down, patent that. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, and then with your, are you cyclical or you said mixed episodes? So I'm thinking maybe you don't exactly know what's going to happen because mine was like calendar cyclical before I was diagnosed. Do you, um,
1: I, I notice a little bit like spring. I will go hypomanic if I haven't been, um, now I live in California so I don't really notice the depression side of things but like when I was in Ohio it was hard because um I would get depressions when it would get like really snowy and like you couldn't go outside and do things yeah um but it's more so like the bipolar symptoms are almost like separate from that sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like I can have like the does the, the sadness from being cooped up and yeah. still be in a hypomanic episode and then it's really like you're cooped up and hypomanic both at the same time wow. um
0: and then you yeah. probably feel like trapped right yeah yeah oh I can imagine and so what are some of your um early hypomanic signs if you're aware
1: um I would say just getting more goal-oriented, which really sucks because I am absolutely like the most goal-oriented person. I love going after big things in my life. But when I start having like the thought that, oh, I could write a book, like I could start doing that like tomorrow. Um, I could get my PhD. When I start having those thoughts and they're all coming in at once and I'm thinking I can actually do it like right now, without much planning, then it's a, it's a pretty solid sign that I'm going hypomanic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so true because I think what's hard for people to understand too, is that some of these things are attainable. It's just, if I'm not managing or medicated, um, it's the sheer amount
1: of, yeah. And it's like, I'm going to try to do 50 of them at once and they're all huge things.
0: Yeah. They're all huge things. And they are like many of them uh, might be attainable one at a time or over a period of years. Yeah. Like I'm I'm going to be
1: an author one day, but it's not going to be tomorrow.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, the kind of uh, misunderstanding is that nothing ever gets finished or, um, do you know what I mean? And 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 sometimes that happens because there's so many ideas. But I mean, I've done really big, well, you know, well executed ideas while while being hypomanic, mostly you no know, before and after diagnosis. But I think a lot of people want to get off their medication because you get so many ideas and you're excited Excited, and they think, oh, it's taking away my creativity. But I would argue that it actually, you are already a creative person. And if you can, if you're man, you know, managing yeah. and medicated, because I'm like, I know for some people, maybe it doesn't work, but I'm pro medicine, saved yeah. my life. Um, but I find that it helps me focus on one, want- Like, if I wasn't managing and medicated, I wouldn't have been able to consistently do this podcast for three years, right? I knew, like, that's why I do two a month, because I know, because I have my career as well, I know that that's sustainable, Because sometimes I run, 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 and then crash, right? And even though, uh, you know, I hope to be able to do one a week, I I just wanted to be able to keep showing up. And I think, so I would argue that we're, except for when we're depressed, we're not less creative. It's just the sheer amount of ideas and the sheer amount of confidence, right?
1: Yes. And I like to say with the, the whole manic confidence yeah just a note for all of us who do have bipolar disorder that manic confidence isn't founded confidence it's not true confidence so remind yourself of that if you can if you you have the ability when you're manic remind yourself this confidence doesn't isn't founded on anything
0: yeah that's so true when we get the grandiosity and it was interesting um I always bring up other people because I've been having these conversations. I get all excited. But Julie Fast again was talking about what it actually does in our brain. She explained to me is that, you know, we can have these ideas other times. But what happens is it takes away when you're manic or hypomanic, the part of your brain, it stops you with having inhibitions. So it's not that you wouldn't have these ideas anyways. You just don't have those. Um, you know, hey, wait a minute, what would that look like? Or what do you need to do to be able to like, Jasmine, how much money would you need for gas to maybe leave? Yeah. Right? <laughs> so it takes away those those inhibitions and, and you know, foresight to to plan. So that's, yeah, that's, that's wild. Well, this has been such a good conversation. I am I'm so grateful to just be with other bipolar and I'm sorry, but I'm calling you one of my besties because you come on my podcast and I feel instantly um, connected and uh, just that heart connection and just really understanding each other means, means the world to me. Before we wrap up and go and do our other podcast, extra going deeper part I would love to hear if someone was listening right now and they were really struggling or identifying with a lot of things that we're saying but haven't told anyone or if they do have it um they are in an episode what what word of um you know encouragement or what would you say to them right now so
1: I would say you can make it through anything. You've made it through everything so far. Now is no different. So this was actually one my dad kind of gave to me before I left for California, before he knew that I only had $500 in my bank account. <laughs> um, but he said, I've always known I can make it through anything and you are no different. Wow. So it it reminded me that I can make it through this. I can make it through the hard times. I can... Yeah the tough things that are necessary so if you are currently going through the tough times don't move across the country on $500 but you can make it through with good care good self-care good good care team yeah
0: yeah that's beautiful and that is so true and I know sometimes when we're really struggling you 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 just can't see a way forward but just keep move keep that movement moving forward because I say sometimes I don't know when or how um and I love that you're not toxically positive either but I I try to say I don't know when or how but I know I know there's better days than yeah what I'm in I know and it may take me a while to get there and I you know and it might not be tomorrow but just that idea of holding on because y- you can you can get through it. Um, and maybe you think on your own, but like you said, reaching out for help. That was beautiful. So my friends go and follow jazz. Go and follow her on Instagram. I noticed you've been doing a bunch of like daily lives lately, which is really cool. I love that. So go and watch those and listen to her podcast because she is just a light to those of us that live with bipolar disorder and just um, loving the way she is just in showing up in the world, educating those that may know someone or may be... um, Uh, love someone that lives with bipolar disorder. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being on the podcast. And I'm really excited to um, dive into our going deeper segment. Yeah, this is bipolar. Thanks again for tuning in. You can find video versions of This is Bipolar on our YouTube channel. We also have all our previous and soon-to-be-future episodes of the podcast on Apple, Podbean, Spotify, and Google Play. We spend most of our time on Instagram at this.is.bipolar. There is a vibrant community there where we have conversations and post different ideas and different strategies, and we'd just love for you to join us there it is so helpful if you enjoy our work or think it would be helpful to someone if you could like and share and save and follow us in all or any of those spaces if you're a listener for the podcast if you could leave a review we would be forever grateful again thank you for being here with us let's get the word out let's share lived experiences so that we can change the ideas that people have about bipolar and help those of us that live with it feel less alone. This is Bipolar.